Are you tired of stressing out about your marketing? Wondering how to boost your online presence, attract more clients, and become a go-to expert in your field? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Marketing Chat Podcast. I'm Kelly. I'm a marketing strategist, podcast coach, and the best-selling author of the Podcast Launch Playbook. I'm here to help you get moving with your marketing with way less stress and way more fun. If you've listened to almost any of my other episodes, you know that I recommend creating fresh content on your website every week. That could be through a podcast, videos, or a blog. It's just got to be something. Why? First, it's almost impossible for Google to find your site if you don't create fresh content regularly and frequently. You're going to hear me use this example later, but I'll say it again now. Let's say you've got a five-page website. That's five ways to Google to find you. Honestly, that's nothing. You're pretty much invisible to Google. If you create fresh content once a month, that's 12 ways plus your five after one year. So 17 ways for Google to find you. New content twice a month is 24 pages plus your other five. So 29 ways for Google to find you after one year. Now, create new content every week. That's 52 pages plus your other five. So 57 ways for Google to find you after one year. Now we're getting somewhere. Another important reason to create content on your website regularly and frequently is that it helps to establish you as an authority in your field. You're showing visitors to your website, that is, would-be clients, that you know your stuff. You're giving them a taste of working with you. You're giving them free information that helps them in practical ways so that they can see the quality of your work. And another reason to create content on your website is to get people to stay on your website longer, ideally so that they'll sign up for your lead magnet. If you've got only five pages, there's not much for them to explore. There's only so much they can get from reading your homepage, your about page, and your services page. These are essentially billboards or flyers. Content in the form of a blog, podcast, or videos allow content in the form of a blog, podcast, or videos allows visitors to go deeper and really get to know you. So today I'm interviewing Allison Verhalen on why you should have a blog, including tips on what you can blog about. You know that I teach people how to start a podcast, but some people prefer reading over listening, and you very well may prefer writing over speaking. In those cases, blogging may be for you. Keep listening as Allison shares all the details and some fabulous tips for your blog. Y'all know how much I love podcasting, but did you know that I also have a blog? I sure do. Blogging is awesome. And today's guest and I are going to chat about why. My guest is Allison Verhalen, a content marketer, SEO strategist, speaker, and author. Allison majored in English and psychology without realizing she was getting the perfect degree for content marketing. It wasn't until an attorney asked her to write blog posts for his law firm that Allison realized she could get paid for doing what she loves, and she has never looked back. Welcome, Allison. I am so happy to have you here today. 
Thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. So let's just go ahead and get this out of the way. Is blogging dead? Oh, goddess. No, (laughs) not even close. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely not. I ask because, of course, I encourage podcasting, but only for people who love talking and people for who for whose audience loves listening. So, you know, let's talk about that right now to to kick it off. The the three biggest ways to share content, blogging, podcasting, and video. So how do you decide which to do? I don't think you need to decide. I think you can have your cake and eat it too. I think you can make a video like we're making right now. I know a lot of podcasts that I do have a YouTube channel, so everything goes up on YouTube and or LinkedIn or whatever their preferred video platform is, then it gets turned into a podcast. And then something that you can do that I don't think enough people take advantage of is you can transcribe that script from your podcast and turn it into a blog post. Yes, podcasting and video is great. Video in particular is a huge medium, very popular. Obviously, we are visual creatures. That's why we love video. Google cannot yet read, read, air quotes for those of you who are listening and not watching is I'm I'm making those air quotes. So it cannot read those uh, audio or visual content yet. It is working on it. I'm sure it will get there. Maybe by the time you're listening to it, this will be obsolete. But uh, for the moment, we need that text to get in front of people when they are searching for us. So that's where your blog post comes in. But instead of creating a ton of content and trying to do all the different things and spending all your time creating different types of content, you can just record the one video and put it up as a podcast and then also transcribe the audio and put it up as a blog post. So I say, yes, do all of the things as much as you can. Obviously, like I said, no blogging is not dead. It is very important (laughs) for SEO, as well as for people like me who prefer to read content, but also, yeah, podcasting is important. Videos are important. Yeah, you, you can't have it all. Absolutely. Yeah. So this is a podcast. It goes out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all the rest. I record videos when I do interviews. I tend not to with my solo podcasts. I highly recommend transcripts because you're right. Google can't yet read the audio or the video. And I put the transcripts, I don't put them on the blog page for the episode. I put them as a PDF, which again, Google can't read, but I put them on a separate quote blog on my uh, website, which is the transcript blog that doubles my SEO because I've got the SEO for the actual podcast episode you know, the SEO in the settings and the title and the little description, right? Then massive SEO on the transcript page. Now I haven't kept up with all of the uh, interviews I've been doing because those take a while. I need to outsource that, but, um, but I have a bunch of, I have transcripts for all the solo episodes and for some of the uh, interviews, but yes, you, you essentially double your SEO when you put a, the transcript on a separate page as a transcript blog, essentially. So great, um, description and definition of there, uh, there of, yeah, how you can take one piece of content and put it in three places. Absolutely. At least, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three main places right there on your website and then turn it into so much more when you talk about social media and or infographics and, oh my gosh, reels and yeah, yeah. So Absolutely. much to do with it. So, so let's talk about blogging because we probably just overwhelmed a bunch of people <laughs> who, who want to focus on a blog and who, you know, maybe afraid of video or doing a podcast or whatever. So for y'all who love writing and, and for people who love reading, because I'll admit I love reading information. Like when I am Googling something, because I want a how-to on something, or I want data, I want a blog for that information because I can scan it and I can take notes and all of that. So let's talk about a blog. What are some of the advantages of blogging? I think you just laid out a big one. I mean, obviously, first of all, we talked about the advantage of the SEO advantage. So there's that. Uh, And then I'm like you. Well, let let me stop you there. Because a lot of people don't really understand SEO. So how does that, how how does SEO work with a blog? So a number of different ways. So first of all, Google prioritizes newer content over older content. And no, going in and editing an existing blog page does not count as new content. You would have to actually get a new publication date up there. So just putting up a website and not having a blog and just keeping that that content static and assuming that will help your SEO, it doesn't really work that way. So you need to keep producing new content, A, because then you have a ton of content. That gives Google a really good idea of what your website is all about. The more content Google can crawl on your website, the better an idea of Google understands what your website is all about. Now Google knows which searches to pair you with. It also gives you so many opportunities. (laughs) I'm like, I don't even know where to start. Um, (laughs) But one one of the big ones is, is keywords, right? So you can, obviously there should be specific keywords you should be targeting in your landing pages, but you can target even more keywords that can be related to those keywords, but they're different keywords and people are gonna be searching for those things at different times. So now you have an opportunity to show up in those searches that your landing page would not necessarily give you an opportunity for. So there's a lot more to blogging, but I I think as, or a lot more advantages to blogging, but I think from an SEO perspective, that's, that's the heart of it. And then, like you said, as with videos and podcasting, then you can distribute it on social media. You can take just a snippet from your blog, put it out on you know, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever your favorite platform is. Again, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. You don't have to write the same content or come up with a different, a ton of different topics for all these different platforms. You can have just the one topic and really get the most out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And with SEO again, a little bit. So it's really important to have those keywords in your title to start with. Because I've seen people write really cutesy titles, you know, and trying to be really clever. But when you think about what people are Googling, you know, oh God, I didn't plan any cutesy titles here. So I don't know what I can come up with off the cuff. I don't think I can come up with anything, but, um, you know, people aren't going to be Googling your cutesy title. And, and so your cutesy title isn't going to come up in a Google search. 
Right. So you need your title to be what people are Googling. So I have a blog post that's a video tutorial on how to create a Squarespace website. That's what people are Googling. Mm -hmm. And that's the title of my post. Mm -hmm. So I know that that's boring, but that's what Google is going to look for when someone types that in. So you need to be just really straightforward with the titles. Isn't that right? Yeah. And that's what people look for as well. I mean, we don't think about people looking for keywords, but certainly in the title and that little meta description, I know when I'm searching something, if I don't see my keyword in there, or if I don't see an important part of my keyword in there, I'm going to assume it's not relevant to what I'm searching for. And I'm going to keep scrolling until I think find something that does match the keyword that I put in there does match does tell me that it, it actually understands what I need and what I'm looking for. So yeah, Google does that. And to an extent, humans do that too. Certainly when it comes to your title and your meta description. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. Like I don't want to click on every article I come across and have to read part of it to figure out, is this what I'm looking for? That's right. a waste of time. I want to get it from the title and in Google, you know, like your description that you type into the SEO section comes up right under it. So I'll take a look at that too, to see if it's about, but ideally the title will tell me exactly what it's about. So yeah. absolutely. Yes. To all of that. <laughs> yeah. Don't waste my time with the cutesy title. Right. <laughs> I know you want to be creative and, you know, you as an English major, you know, creativity, awesome, but mm -hmm. not with this not with this. Yeah. And it is definitely a balancing act, especially as someone who does have strong writing skills and does under, does sometimes want to go for the really catchy titles, but also has to balance it with SEO, especially when you have keywords that don't really have those, some words, you know, some people don't include all of the words in a sentence when they put it in a search into Google search bar. So Google goes, here's your keyword. And I go, that's not actually a sentence. I'm, I'm not actually going to write that. But by including those those little words that people cut out, you can kind of mess up your SEO. So there is definitely a balancing act between, yeah, the creative side, writing for the real human people who are reading your content and also writing for Google so you can show up in front of people when they are searching for you. Yeah, yeah. So another big advantage to having a blog, and this is the, this is true with podcasting and video as well, but you know, we're talking about blogging is establishing yourself as an authority in your field. Isn't that right? hundred percent. So let's talk about how that works. What's your perspective on that? Well, I mean, the example that you gave just a minute ago, how to do such and such, right? Whatever it is you're teaching people how to do, that is a great way to get in front of them when they're looking for how to do something. And if you pop up, if your website pops up when they're searching that information and it looks like good information and they click through and they get that information, now they know that you are a reliable source of information, especially if they take that information, apply it to their day-to-day -day lives and it works. Now they know that you really know what you're talking about especially in, I work with a lot of B2B people and a lot of professional service providers. Those industries tend to have a really long buyer journey. They tend to have a fairly large investment into what they're providing. So people really want to do their research. 
and make sure this person actually knows what they're doing before they invest in them. And a lot of the time they're going to go straight to their blog to figure that out and, and see what, what all this person knows, what information is there. Um, I know I'm, we talked about Google, but I know that I've met a lot of people in real life and we set up a meeting afterwards and they go to my blog and they check out my blog before we have our, our one-on-one meeting because they want to know more about me and what I do. So they are, they are looking for that buy-in. Um, and like we talked about video as or pod, video and or podcasting can also be a great way to do that. Um, that's why I'm on this podcast, right? But it's all about getting in front of, again, Google and getting in front of people wherever they're looking for you. Yeah, absolutely. Don't you do that too? Do you go check out people's blogs? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I mean, I check out their website. I want to see all of the free content that they provide and, mm-hmm. you know, really like see how generous they are and the quality of the content. Oh yeah. 100%. Yeah. Cause if they're not providing a whole lot of content, I'm like, well, what are you doing? Yeah. Or if they published something months ago and haven't put up any new content since then, it does not look great. So yeah. don't do that. And it won't help your SEO. No. No, very true. Uh, So what else? What's another reason why people should be blogging? Educating your audience is a big one. Again, especially in B2B and professional service providers, that can be a big one. I know, I mean, like we're here talking about all this information that people might kind of have a vague idea of, but they don't really understand how it works. Having my blog is a place where I can explain how this works and why it's important and why they should care that can be really important. I know. Um, and then when I have a sales conversation with someone, that sales conversation is usually so much easier because I don't have to try to upsell them. I don't have to try to explain how things work to them. I can, we can go straight to, oh yeah, I know that I need this because I saw it on your blog. I saw it in your email. We can go straight to how much does this cost? Where's the contract? Let's, let's move on here. So it makes things so much easier when you can actually educate your audience versus someone coming up to you because they got misinformation from their uncle or whatever, and they think it works a certain way. And you have to try and explain to them, no, it doesn't actually work that way. And that makes things a lot tougher. So educating your audience is a big reason to blog, in my opinion. Mm, that's that's a really great point. Yeah. Uh, I've had that happen before. Yeah. People show up and, and during a conversation, they are uh, if, if they haven't checked out the information on my website, then they may misunderstand what I do or how a process works. And, and I'm wondering, why didn't you check stuff out first? Right. The information is there. Why didn't yeah. you check it out? Yeah. Yeah. It's all right there. Yeah. So, uh, what else, anything else? Oh gosh, we talked about educating your audience. Do we talk about position? We talked about positioning yourself as an authority. In That's your right. Industry, right. That's right. That's huge. We talked about SEO. Those those are the big ones. The other thing yeah. I like to remind people of when it comes to blogging is keep in mind the buyer journey. I mean, you talked about people searching for something like how to do something on Squarespace, right? So someone who is searching for that is not necessarily looking to hire right? Mm-hmm. But they, they do want to get information. They might want to hire later after they've tried to do it themselves right. and run their computer across the room a few times, right? Yes. It's, not, <laughs> it's not working out the way they wanted it to. Um, so 
by getting in there early and then having a call to action that is relevant to where they are in the buyer journey. So don't just ask them to comment. Don't ask them to share your blog because that's a great way to get them to, you know, put, put up the comment, share the blog, click away. You never see them again. So mm-hmm. that's not super helpful for getting more people into your funnel. So remember where they are in the buyer journey. And sometimes blog posts can be a little later in the buyer journey. Sometimes mm-hmm. there is something that's more like, here's why you should care about such and such, or here's why the product or service I provide is so important. And then you can go straight for that hard sell. But mm-hmm. a lot of the times, again, especially in B2B and professional service providers, that call to action should be something like sign up for my newsletter or follow me on social media or download my free whatever or attend my next webinar, right? So those are great ways to continue getting in front of people and getting your information in front of them and positioning it. Again, positioning yourself as that authority so that when they are ready to buy and especially keeping yourself top of mind so that when Mm -hmm. they are ready to buy, you're the one, not only the one they think of, but the one that they have already bought into because you have convinced them that you are the go-to person in in your industry. So that is another big reason. not only a reason to blog, but something to consider when you're blogging, something to keep in mind. That's great. And, and yeah, so when you brought up again, how that post I mentioned about how to create your own Squarespace website, and yet that's what I do. One of the things I do, you know, I create Squarespace websites. So why would I share a tutorial? I actually have two, one that's longer and one that's really short to show other people how to do it themselves. Well, because I'm all about sharing free information because I want to help people do things themselves. You know, I can't do it for everyone. I don't have time. So I really do genuinely want to help people. But also there are potential clients out there who are going to try it themselves and go, like you said, they're going to throw their computer across the room and go, I just don't want to do it. I tried. I'm frustrated. Even though Squarespace makes it super easy, like I can't get it exactly how I want to. Kelly was so generous in sharing this information. I'm going to go back and talk to her about doing it for me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the more content you, you share for free, that's really high quality and generous, the more people are going to come to know, like, and trust you, and then consider hiring you eventually, you know, mm-hmm. if not right then and there, but that's another topic. I, I have talked several times about how 92% of first time visitors to your website aren't going to hire you on that visit. Yeah. So that's what a blog is really good about doing. It's keeping them on your website then so they can find out more about you and how good you are at what you do and get them on your email list, like you mentioned. Mm -hmm. So that incentive, and then you'll stay top of mind. So they'll come back, check out more information and consider hiring you one day. Absolutely. Yeah. And in my case, I know I always want to tell people how to do everything when it comes to blogging and SEO, because it's a lot of work. I mean, ideally, you should be writing really long blog posts every week and making sure they're all optimized. And I know better than anyone how much time that takes. So my goal is that people will read my content, see how much work is involved and go, Ugh, I don't want to do all that. I don't have time to do all that. I'll just hire her to take care of it for me. Yeah. Perfect. So, all right. So I was going to ask about that. How often to blog? And you just said the answer that I give all the time. So let's talk about that. Why every week? 
at least once a week, honestly. Yeah. So I, I looked at this data a while back. Someone, you know, looked at people who were blogging, did a, a whole bunch of surveys, surveyed hundreds of bloggers and figured out, you know, how often are you blogging, different strategies they're using, and then who's getting the best results. And one of the things they looked at was how often you're blogging and people really only people who are blogging at least once a week got any results at all from their blog. People who are blogging multiple times a week, it's like the more you publish, the, the better results they got. So the best were the people who were publishing multiple times per day. I don't want to freak anyone out. If your audience is largely solopreneurs who are doing this all themselves, we don't expect you to do this all yourselves. There is a balance between quality and quantity, and it should absolutely always be high quality content. But yeah, at the very least, I do recommend that you publish once per week and do make sure that it is optimized and really high quality. The people who are publishing daily or multiple times per day are not doing it all themselves. They have a yeah. team of writers and or a whole bunch of freelancers, guest blog posts, other people contributing to create that content. So do not think that anyone expects you to write multiple blog posts per day while running your business and, and right. doing all the other things you have to do. Yeah, I just don't have time to do that. And an example that I like to give that's that's really simple. So we go back to the topic of SEO and how often you should publish. So if you have a five page website, you know, really, really basic website that gives Google five ways to find you. Mm -hmm. If you publish a, a blog once a month, that's 12 ways to find you plus your five after one year, right? It's really hard to find you twice yeah. a month, 24 plus your five weekly 52 after one year, plus your five pages. Mm -hmm. That's significant. Now mm -hmm. with SEO, you're like, okay, that's after one year. Yes. It takes time to rise in the Google ranks. Mm -hmm. It takes time. Mm -hmm. So you have to be patient. And so you see why doing it multiple times a week. But again, like Allison just said, no one expects you as a solopreneur to do this on your own. Now, I published this podcast twice a week, Tuesday and Friday. And it definitely, I mean, I saw massive leap in my website hits and in my listens and downloads as soon as I started doing it twice a week. Honestly, I was blogging once a week and podcasting once a week. And I was writing this blog, this blog post in early April of this year. And I'm like, I don't want this to be a blog post. I want it to be a podcast episode. And that's when I switched to doing podcasting twice a week. And now my blog is really just for video tutorials. So I've got to let it go. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I am doing something twice a week. And then again, with the transcripts on its separate blog. Um, so yeah, definitely at least weekly, at least once a week. Yep. At a minimum. Yeah, makes such a difference. So it let's really talk does. about content of the blog because people get stuck on. So, you know, we've said, let, all right, let's say once a week, once a week, do that. And now they're like, oh my God, you just said a year 52. What am I going to write about? And I have a content calendar people can download and I tell them, do, I did this whole episode on how to come up with three months of 
topics in one hour. And really it takes a lot less than that. Mm -hmm. And like, oh my God, I can't do that. Yes, you can. So let's talk about what are some topics that people can write about. Yeah, this is one of the things I hear most often as to why people don't blog is I don't know what to blog about. And it is, it can be hard. I think even I sometimes, it feels like the well runs dry. It's like, I've written about everything there is to write about. So a great starting place is your frequently asked questions. If you have people in real life, if you have people on podcasts who are asking you the same question over and over, that indicates there's there's a need to answer this particular question. So start there, uh, check out the competition, see what they're writing about. I never recommend copying their content, but because that's rude, A, also it's yeah. not a great marketing strategy. So yeah. don't do that. But if they're covering a certain topic, there's probably a reason for it. So see what topics they're covering. See if you can cover the same or a similar topic. You can always craft a rebuttal to their blog post if you want. Be polite, be respectful right. about it, but give your reasons as to why you disagree with whatever position they took on that. Um, the holidays can be a great source of inspiration. And when I say the holidays, I don't just mean 4th of July and, you know, winter solstice holidays. I mean, national potato chip day, national sprinkles day, national coffee day, right? We have a day for everything. I've seen people talk about content marketing for star Wars day in oh, May, yes. right? If, yes. you can, if you can find a way, A, if you know your audience is interested in it, and if you can find a way to make it relevant, then absolutely go for it and, and use that as an inspiration to mm -hmm. get some, some content for your, your blog. So I, yeah, I have a whole list. Oh, Answer the Public is my mm -hmm. favorite resource. It is, they have a free version and a paid version. It, it's just answerthepublic.com. It's online. You can type in any keyword or search term, and it will generate the most commonly asked questions from the internet that use that keyword or search term. It is an incredibly useful tool. I highly recommend checking that out. I've gotten so many good ideas from that one. So um, that's, yeah, I don't know if that's usually like my, my least, you know, my last resort, but that is something that I look at. And then obviously this one is easy for me because my industry is changing all the time because Google is always updating its algorithm. But there are any changes in your industry if you're a lawyer and the law just passed that changes the way you have to serve your clients write about that again educate your audience on on what's going on in your industry that's a great topic for a blog post and it provides value to your audience so those are just off the top of my head some resources yeah. for inspiration you can use that's great yeah i also recommend writing about um solutions that you offer. And, mm -hmm. you know, I get the argument. Yeah. But if I write about my solutions, essentially what I do with my clients, I'm giving everything away. Then why would someone hire me? Because you're being so generous mm -hmm. and because they'll still want your personal help. Mm -hmm. You know, people don't want to do, there are people who don't want to do everything themselves. You know, mm -hmm. most people aren't going to hire you anyway. Mm -hmm. And the people it who really, it mm -hmm. really depends on what you're selling. I mean, like I said, my goal is always to overload people with information until they, right. they hire me because what I'm providing is the, is the service is that I do right. it for them. But I also work with coaches who, what they're selling is their knowledge. So right. if they give away all of their knowledge and their content marketing, then they have nothing left to sell. So they That's do have true. kind of a, they have kind of a balancing act. They have to walk where 
I've heard one say that she gives away what she does, not how she does it. That's where she gets people um, to actually pay her. So depending on what you provide and depending on the industry you're in, you might have to walk that balancing act. I know you and I don't worry about giving away too much information because of the nature of our businesses. Yes, very true. Very true. So yeah, you do have to figure out what exactly is going to work for you. Yeah, Mm -hmm. great point. Um, Yeah, and like you said, the frequently asked questions, paying attention to what your clients ask you already and seeing Mm -hmm. what you can, how you can answer those questions to what degree in a Mm -hmm. blog post as well. Absolutely. And even saying, you know, without giving away details, you know, clients ask me, blah, 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 giving an example again with that, you know, with keeping the the clients anonymous, because mm-hmm. then that's showing your authority as well. Hey, I have this concrete example. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, I love that. So yeah, awesome. case studies are another one. If you have a successful experience with a client and get a great testimonial from them, have a case study where you lay out, you know, the problem they had, how you solved it for them, what their life is like now after working with you. That's also a great, uh, always a great blog content. True. That is perfect. Yeah. And if you hesitate to do that, cause it's, you know, it's tooting your own horn so much, it really establishes yourself as an authority at what you do. And that's what mm-hmm. people want to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. They want to see the results. You can talk about getting results for people all day, every day, and everyone's going to take that with a grain of salt. But if they can see that you actually did get results for someone, that's going to be so much more powerful than anything, anything else you could say about what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So what didn't I ask you about blogs that you want to share? What did I miss? Oh, I don't know. I'm sure as soon as we hang up, I'll think of a million different I know. I know. We we did talk about keywords. I think that is something that I always, um, oh, length. Oh, yes. People are always asking me how long a blog post should be. There is no one answer. I think the only answer I can give is that it should be more than 500 words. Google, for whatever reason, decided that blog posts that are longer than 500 words are more valuable than shorter content, even though there's absolutely no basis for that reasoning, but whatever we want to. We want to make Google happy. We have to play yeah. by their rules. So at least 500 words. Um, the average length of a piece of content to get on the first page of Google is around 1,760 words, which people often take to mean all of their content has to be exactly that long. That is not what that means <laughs> because that is the average length. Of so a that piece means of a thousand or three thousand, <laughs> right? Right? Because there, yeah, there is longer content that ranks. There is also shorter content that ranks. So. That's not really a hard and fast rule either. The only thing that I would say is, A, it depends on the keyword. So once you've got your keyword and you know what you want to write about, do some research. Hopefully there's not too much content out there already containing that keyword. Hopefully that's why you chose that keyword. Um, But if there is some content out there, look at how long that content is. If it's super short, if it's 500, 700 words and ranking on the first page of Google, great, you can keep it short. If it's really long ultimate guide style posts, then yours has to be really long as well. I think the word count matters less than just making sure you've covered everything there is to cover on that topic. You want your, your blog post to be the definitive guide to XYZ, right? Whatever your keyword is. And in order to do that, you have to cover all of the information 
that anyone has ever covered on that topic and then some. So that uh, that's what's really going to give you all that SEO juice, give you a better chance of ranking on the first page of Google and engaging and converting leads. Because if you have a shorter post, someone might be looking for something specific related to that keyword. And if they don't find it specific in your content, they're going to click away until they find something else. Whereas if you've covered everything there is to cover, then somewhere in your content, they're going to find what they need. Hopefully you made it really easy for them to skim your content because as painful as it is to create all that content and know that people are just skimming it, it's true. Most people only spend an average of 37 seconds reading content. So give them a great way to find what they need and get out in 37 seconds. So that means, you know, get your subheadings. I always put a table of contents at the top of my blog post that has all of my subheadings listed out and each one has a link. So they can just click on it and get straight to whatever piece of information they need. So that was a very long answer to your question and a little bit rambly, but um, I did want to talk about length for a yes. bit um, and subheadings because they are both very important. That is great. And, and I'm glad you brought up the essentially the visual design of the blog too, because mm -hmm. when you talk about having it that long, no one wants it to be all text and all solid text. So right. you need to have images in there. Those posts do much better than pure mm -hmm. text. Like mm -hmm. you said, the headings and the only one H1 heading, only mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. And the that's rest your, need that's to be your title. Right. Only the title should be the H1 heading, you know, mm -hmm. the, yeah, the main heading. And so you could use boxes of text that are in a different color to make mm -hmm. those stand out. And mm -hmm. uh, again, the images, the subheadings. So you need to have it be visually interesting as well as from a design perspective. Think about the blogs that you read and mm -hmm. you are skimming and scanning. And so you want things to jump out at you and then will make you stop and go, okay, here's the section that I really want to read. Mm -hmm. And if it's just all text, ugh. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> also, another point to that is to create short sentences and short paragraphs. A lot of people only write paragraphs that are one to two sentences long because that gives you a lot of white space, which is not super intimidating, right? That helps people read a paragraph real quick and then they can go on to the next one because, oh, look, it's only a couple lines and then they go on to the next one, right? And before they know it, they've read a thousand words. Um, whereas if you start with a giant block of text, even someone like me who loves to read, even I will probably look at that and go, I don't know if I really have time to read all of this. Yes. I, I might just click away and find what I need somewhere else. But if you give a lot of white space, it gives our eyes a rest. It's really easy to read that. We can read it very quickly. And again, get in, get what we need, get out. Great point, yeah all of these tricks and it has to be high quality and then it has to look a certain way and yeah but once you start doing it it it's not it, it's it's doable it is doable it's a lot to remember but then you get used to doing it yeah, mm -hmm. yeah absolutely so and what do you do for your clients i i do a lot of different things <laughs> Blogging is my bread and butter. Uh, people do ask what it's like to work with me and it, it's really customized. It really depends on the client. So some people come up with the topics for me and they just want me to write it. So that's how I work with them. Other people don't want to have anything to do with it. They don't know what they want to write about and they don't want to write it. So I'll come up with the topics and I'll write it for them. And other people 
will want to write it, they don't know what to write about. So I can come up with the topics, like you said, the content calendar, and I can do that again, but it's customized. So it's like, here's the topics you should be covering for your industry. Here's the keywords to go with each topic. Have fun. And they they go at it. So I do blogging. I also do website content. If someone has a new website or if they're rebranding and then they want new content for their landing pages, um, I do that as well. And I do email. Um, I do not do social media. That is not my jam. Don't call me for that. <laughs> but almost any other written content I can handle. Wow. Oh, that's awesome. And how can people find you if they want to work with you? Uh, my website is AV, as in my initials, Allison Verhalen. So that's easy to remember. It is just AVWritingServices.com. Awesome. Well, I will put that website in the show notes and on this episode's page on my website. So it's easy to find. And will you tell us about your book up there? Please. Oh, yeah, I should have had a copy here with me to, to show you. It is called Content Marketing Made Easy. Uh, the whole idea is doing what we said, right? Teaching people how to do what we do. I came up with it because um, a lot of people are very intimidated to blog and they hear SEO and they know it's computery and they get really intimidated um, and, and they don't even want to think about it. Um, and I Honestly, if you had told me when I got into this that I would need to learn SEO in order to continue in this career, I probably would have been too intimidated to even try, but it was just one of those things where the more I got into it, the more I realized you can't really do blogging in this day and age without SEO and vice versa. So I just kind of fell into it and found that it's really not that hard. I think a lot of people get easily intimidated and easily scared by it. And I, I want to make it not scary. So that was the whole idea behind my book was that really anyone can do content marketing. Maybe that should have been the, the title. Anyone can do content marketing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what is the title again, please? Content marketing made easy. Oh, that is awesome enough. <laughs> is it available on Amazon? It is. It is available. It, oh, it is available in print and digital on Amazon. And if you want, you can go over to my website and there is a free companion workbook that you can download as well uh, to use and help you create your content strategy while you're going through the book. Awesome. That is fabulous. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Allison. This was really great. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And thank y'all for being here today. I would love it if you would leave a positive rating and review. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone. I'll be back in a few days. So I'll see you next time on the Marketing Chat Podcast.